Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast here at Union Grove Lumber Studios. To know more about the Shed Geek Podcast, visit us at shedgeek.com. And for all your lumber needs, call one of the team members at 704-539-5506 or visit us online at uniongrovelumber.com. Today's episode is brought to you by ShedsForSale.com. ShedsForSale.com will be the shed industry's only comprehensive website for buying and selling sheds online. While social media such as Facebook, Marketplace, and standalone dealer websites have their place in this industry, ShedsForSale.com will be easier to use and provide higher local visibility for dealers and their associated manufacturers. Let the shed industry's strength in numbers drive traffic to your place of business through ShedsForSale.com. Sheds don't sell themselves, but ShedsForSale.com does. Launching late summer 2021. So, Sam, we were talking a little bit about the the uh, bash, the brotherhood. So, do, did I get this right? Are you and Jason related? Like, are y'all cousins? Or <laughs> no. Um, Jason is related to that bunch of weavers down in North Carolina, oh, I which see. I am also not related to. Okay. Um, that's a weird. I, that's a weird bunch down there. I tell you. Yes. <laughs> weird in a good way. Oh, in a great way. Um, but yes, the Weavers and Troyers, um, so I guess it would be Jason's mom was a Troyer and Matthew's mom, Mott's is a Troyer and then Huck and Mel, I think they're actually double cousins to Mott's through dad and mom, but back when, uh, I was a little tight. My grandparents lived in a little community, community, little Amish community in Kentucky, and uh, I spent three years over there helping them on their farm. And so it's it's kind of weird. I'm I'm like in, in between a generation with the Weavers and the Chores. Like they're all a little bit younger than I am, and their parents are a little bit older. But I remember their parents from being there, and the way they operate a business there. And just the way they did life and uh, lost them for that's, – that's one thing about the shed industry. That, yeah, it's crazy. The connections that I've made from people that I haven't seen in 30 years, 40 yeah. years. Um, we're going back to Storch Draft this weekend with my brother and sisters. And that's where I was born. Spent the first five and a half years of my life. And when I actually met Jason – officially met him in person was at the Montana bash that he put together. Really? And the crazy thing about that is that's where I met Mons and he talks about it on his podcast, you know, 2018. That's where we actually first met up. That's the first time I met Keith Stolzfus, um, better known as Keith and Chelsea yeah. because nobody knows who <laughs> Keith Stolzfus is. <laughs> Funny story there. When he joined the page, it was Chelsea Stolzfus and uh, there was no Keith <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, ah, oh, we got a woman hauler here, you know. In fact, we have a couple really good women haulers on the page. And one of them 
um, she jumped on there right away. Oh, she's so glad to see another woman hauler on here. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm using my wife's Facebook. You know? <laughs> and he went in and added that. But when I met him, he's like, hey, I'm Keith Stolzfus. And I'm like, so? And he looked at me a little bit, and he's like, uh, well, oh, Keith and Chelsea. Ah, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> um, that bash is also where uh, I met Abner Stolzfus. He was at that bash. Dale Newswanger. Um, there's a bunch of others that were there. Brandon Serez, the got it all filled up guy. You know, that's yeah. where we met him. <laughs> he was a little rookie that could back a semi really good that day. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot of people there. A whole bunch of them came up from Texas and a bunch of Millers. And one of them asked me, I think it was at the restaurant that night, why does your Facebook page say that you're from – like, uh, well, my current city is South Carolina. I can't remember. I think it shows as Williamston or Greenville. But he wanted to know why my original city, what does it say, where you're from or whatever, was Waynesboro, Virginia. And I said, well, that's where I was born. He's like, no way. He said, that's where I'm from. Well, come to find out, I know same thing. He's a little bit of a generation off from me. But I knew his parents back when I was a little kid and – a lot of these guys here in Texas, it's the same way. And it's it's crazy what uh, – <clears throat> you can't say enough about what Jason started when he went out on a limb and says, I'm going to do a shed hauler get-together in Montana. Uh-huh. I mean, just go ahead and put it all the way out on the edge of the world, <laughs> you know. And so it's, it's partially due – so what he decided to do and the vision he had for that, and of course, I just do what I do. I show up and just push it. Um, but, but the vision that he had that if we, can, if we can hang out and be friends on Facebook, we can be friends in real life. And he does not get near enough credit for what he was willing to do. And to call those sponsors for the first time and say, hey, we want to do a driver hauler appreciation thing, and we want you to put the money up for it. Now it's easy because all the sponsors see the value in it. Yeah. But that first one, and, and the sponsors, to be willing to step up, you know, our biggest sponsors for that event came from, I don't know, 2,000 miles away, you know, and yeah. they're like, yeah, let's do it. This is great. And then, you know, we did the Tennessee one, and it was a lot better, a lot bigger. And then the Pennsylvania one just moved it to a whole new level. And then to hear the feedback from the sponsors saying that this, this is the event, um, that's, that's huge. And that's all off of Jason's vision and what he's seen. I just get to come along for the ride and make it fun and enjoyable. And yeah, I, di- I didn't feel like I, I got a chance. I mean, he was so busy uh, to connect with Jason, but we really want to get him on the podcast because – uh, I, I want to connect through that. He's so far away from me, but man, <laughs> I, I want to know. I want to know the guy behind. You know what I mean? Everything that took place and the guy behind the mask. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> you could say that. I don't know. I don't know him well enough. I don't think he's hiding. I don't think he's. No, I mean when he yeah. puts on the other chasing. The chasing. The chasing chasin guy. Oh know, yeah. When he wears the wig and the, the beard. <laughs> so in case you didn't notice, he actually. Uh, That's so clever. I guess he grew his own beard, so I'm not sure if 
Chasen and Jason have evolved into one person. <laughs> he's bringing it. Or, he's bringing it live. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. That's there. hilarious, man. Oh, yeah. We need another one. It's been a little while since I think I've yes. seen seen a video. Yep. I need to nudge him, but I definitely want to know him more. He seems like, uh, I mean, just watching the two of you there at the bash, y'all were incredibly busy. Um, he was. He's very focused. It's mm-hmm. obvious, but I mean, you saw the side of him with the character, and he got up and he. He did the uh, he did the songs and that oh, yeah. was really cool. His songs. He yeah. started that in Tennessee, and blew everyone away. That's yeah. Seems like uh, seems like a really good dude. So yeah, I don't know where I've, I've got that you guys were related, but I mean we probably was, should be. <laughs> I feel like brothers um, anyway, huh? Yeah, it's a little weird. He's one of those guys that's very like we're very much alike in a lot of things, but then we are very different in other things. Like he is a lot more driven, focused, disciplined, organized than I am. Like I can organize and I can do good at it. You know, if you tell me, hey, we got to do this and we got to do it this way, I can do that. Like when my shop's a mess, it drives me crazy. I want it organized. Well, his shop's never a mess. Like when he gets done, he cleans up and he's done. Um, And he has all the cool toys. So, (laughs) and yeah, now he's even got a mule. So maybe we need a. A reason to go to, oh, Montana. absolutely, Montana. Let's let's go. <laughs> I would I would love to, man. That that sounds yeah. great. So, um, so you said you know just a little bit ago, basically that, um, you get to see people, you know, for you know thirty years. You might get to run into them because of this industry. We were just on the road together um, a couple weeks ago in Missouri. You got to see some family that own a business. In Missouri that you hadn't seen in oh my word twenty something years yeah there's Daryl yeah. and uh, Les yeah Les Byler is uh, my dad's first cousin I think our Byler family tree is a little messed up some people say it's more like a stump <laughs> but it's a really big stump um, there was nineteen children in a family two generations up and then one of those had seventeen. And because of the stretch in between the two, all my dad's first cousins are like my age. There's a couple of them that are kind of floating in the middle, but the majority of them of of them are my age. But Les is actually one of them that's would have been closer. But he's kind of like I am with a bunch of my other guys. He's in the middle of my dad and I. And even though I think I might have seen him, you know, at a couple of the grandparents funerals or whatever great grandparents I never I never really got to talk to him by the time I remember much about our reunions and hanging out at weddings or funerals or whatever he was already married had a couple kids and had moved off and I you know I guess Daryl would have been this little four or five year old wandering around everywhere but those guys um my Byler kinfolk always intrigued me because they're very quiet and very driven. Mm-hmm. And they are a prime example of that they do business excellent and nobody knows it. Yeah. But I guess the, the where I was kind of going with that is, you know, we're on the road together a lot. You're you're in Rintown now. Why in the world why in the world did you decide to to go into Rintown? Well, first of all, because somebody asked me. <laughs> So you have not because you asked not. That's kind of weird because, all right, no, that's the second reason. The first reason is 
and I've said this for years, I don't know that it's really gotten out, but a lot of my friends know, four or five years ago, um, I was pretty much bad-mouthing rent down about as bad as you could. And while I was stroking with a broad brush, I knew there were good companies out there. There was just a whole lot more wrong with it than there was right with it. And Huck actually decided to take me up on it one day, and he says, I'm going to pay your way to the MBSRA, and you're going to come and see that there is actually good guys in this business. And that was probably the start of me looking into rent to own a little bit. So I grew up in construction and always wanted to be a trucker. So I have the building knowledge and the hauling side that's always been with me. Like I've, I've built my own sheds for years. You know, when, whenever I got in a bad spot, I'd build a shed and sell it. That's what you did. I can walk into most shops, shed building shops, and I've been blessed to be in so many different kinds and so many different ways that I can, I can pick up on good ideas and man, that's, I'd get rid of that. I don't say that. Everybody has their own way of doing it, but it doesn't take me long to figure out what they're doing good, what maybe isn't so good. And one day I want to get into the manufacturer side of it. That's just, that's the most closed side of the shed industry. Um, I want, I want to change that. What we did with the haulers, I want to do with the rent to own world. I want to do, I want to see it happen in the sales world. I want to see it happen in the manufacturing world. This industry is great. It's it's a great industry. There's a lot of ties and connections. We were sitting there last night, you know, we were making connections. Oh, this guy, you know, they're three different companies, but they all have ties to each other and they make it work. And I'm I'm still until somebody proves me wrong, it is better to work with your competition than it is to fight with your competition. Yeah. Both of you will make better money. And if you ever get Mel Weaver on here, you need to ask him how he knows that. Because he will tell you a story about how he got upset at me one day. <laughs> and <laughs> later on later on realized that it was good for his business. So but that's a whole different story about competition. But yeah, so the reason I'm in rent to own is because first of all, because Huck told me I need to look at it with a better viewpoint than what I had. And second, because Dave Miller walked into my shop one day and after beating around the bush for an hour, I looked at him and I'm like, are you offering me a job? And he's like, I thought you'd never get it. And yeah, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't go out. So there's that every once in a while you have a divine intervention in your life where you can go back and say, this is something that changed. And when he walked in that shop that day, I had no idea that the timing was right. In fact, I didn't think it was. It took me a month to decide it was. But I didn't feel like the timing was right to do it right then. But basically, him asking made me see that it was as good a time as any. And the famous phrase, why not, Yeah, kind of popped up. I think and, I'll- and, and who I get to work with. I mean, come on. <laughs> Hey, we uh, we feel like we have benefited from the relationship tremendously uh, through through connections that you have, but persuasion. But the truth is, uh, just picking up a, a new friend, you mm-hmm. know. And and I think that you know you can bounce advice off of people, and you always hear keep your circle small. You know, have a couple of group of guys that you talk to, 
like uh, the amount of trust uh, that we've built in such a short time, mm-hmm. you know, is amazing. And I, I, I tell Kyle that all the time. I mean, me and him, we've had more time to develop that trust. But, I mean, I, nonetheless, I, and you talk about sales. I mean, isn't that like an, a number one key to like earning business is trust? You know, I want I want people to trust me. Like, oh, yeah. And, and, and how yeah. do I, so how do yeah. I, get as transparent as I can so that they can see all the layers to say, you know, I can trust this guy. Mm -hmm. So building that with you, like, I don't know, man, we're, we're, uh, we're taking over the world, huh? Like between the three of us, is that what we're doing? (laughs) Yeah. It, it works the same way in what we're doing now, you know, who's our customer. Yeah. Um, you have to earn that trust with those guys too. I mean, whether, whether it's a dealer, a manufacturer, um, the other thing that's incredible is is the relationships we have built with other rent to own companies. Yes. Since I went to that first MBSRA. Yes. I could name a dozen rent to own companies that I love now. Yeah. Um might not get past a dozen, but I either don't know about them or Yeah, you still got to watch it. Just I mean, I you know, I I preach it on the holder page all the time. Not everybody likes you. For every person that loves you, there's probably two that don't like you. Well, and there's so. just, you know, um, say this very tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, uh, dealers and, and and haulers and salespeople, I mean, there there are people that will take a shortcut. Now, yes. I don't think that represents the majority of our business in any way yep. whatsoever. But um, I think in most cases they don't take the shortcut um, because they necessarily have like this, uh, mindset to do wrong, but they don't have the knowledge or, or the, they don't want to give up the pride to ask someone, Absolutely. how do I, how yep. do I do this? Um, I think I sent something to you recently where we was talking about thankfulness or something or another. And I said, I love that you stay so consistent on your prayer request on Facebook day in and day out. I've asked for prayer on it. I've prayed for folks on it. Um, and I know that you always go back. I said, I'm just amazed that is, you know, like the tenacity to do this time and time again. And I said, I think you really harvest, especially with the haulers, you harvest kind of like this platform that gives a whole bunch of alpha males an opportunity to be a bit vulnerable and say, yeah, I'm tough. Yeah. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not taking any crap off anybody. Um, but it gives me a place to share with someone on a different level with a bu- other bunch of guys to be just a bit vulnerable and open myself up and, mm-hmm. and you never abuse that. And that's what continues to grow that platform in my opinion, because you welcome them. And I think that they need that. I think that we need that as, as men. So that's, that's actually a really good point in the fact that at the end of the day, for me, it's not even about the shed industry. Yeah. Um, it's about building lives for kingdom work. Yeah. And that that's back to my, you know, for 30 years I did prison ministry and I did it on the inside. And uh, to, to be able to show people that you can be an alpha male, you can be a patriarch, and you can be vulnerable. Uh-huh. Vulnerable. That's a, not a good word for an Amish guy. Um. <laughs> That's a big deal to me because, yeah, you, you've hit on something that um, 
it's amazing to see in a hauler because a hauler has to have that get it done attitude that think outside of the box. He's an unusual character. And I, I, I've had a hundred messages from guys that said, I would have never shared that if somebody else hadn't done it before. And, and there's times it gets us in trouble. We post something up and somebody gets offended by, it, you know, and you know, there's a pothole in South Carolina that ate a barn and the manufacturer got all jerked up about it. And, uh, and the manufacturer is a good friend of mine. And it's at the end of the day, it's, you have to be able to laugh at yourself. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that even though I do, you know, even my family says this, I'm too serious. Most of the time I still enjoy a good laugh. Yeah. And we have that on the hauler page. We'll have sometimes we'll go off on tangents and half the page thinks the rest of us are crazy. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine with me yeah. until Jason shows up and takes it all down. <laughs> um, but that's, that's part you have to, you know, you have to learn to weep with those that weep, rejoice with those that rejoice. And you have to be able to show people how to do it and not lose your masculinity from it. Sure. Yeah, you don't have That's, to. You yeah. can soften yourself without losing that. Uh, it took me a long time to learn that, and I think that's what created sort of that. Me and Kyle joke about it, but that Bruce Banner Hulk image that I have. So I either get run over or a Hulk out when mm-hmm. I when I finally had enough and get mad. Yeah. And for my life, I've that's that's the whole bad jobs, bad bosses, bad decisions. That's the bad decisions part where I uh, blow it up once I'm had enough. I've learned to you know, escape through some of that. And that's having brothers. Kyle's been part of that. You've been part of some of that, but you get to, you know, just talk about life a little bit and it lets off a little steam. It does. And then you don't turn into Hulk because you get a chance to talk Uh, all growing up. You're taught, you know, throw some dirt on it, toughen up, shut up, go out there and get the job done. And you know, you don't share anything. So it's not about softening, you know, men in, in general, because that's not what we're going for. Masculinity is what you, what you want, you yep. know, and I know that's what my wife appreciates about the difference in me and her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, it's okay to be a little bit vulnerable and, and, and say, you know, Hey man, I'm struggling over here yep. and uh, I got somebody to talk to. Speaking of wives, that's something that I would be completely remiss in if I didn't mention, um, behind every good man, there's a great woman, and uh, I don't even think I qualify as a good man yet. There's you've y'all you guys have seen me when I road rage or something stupid happens. Oh, I loved I it. Can, <laughs> I'm not I gonna can, lie. I went oh, home you and I was play? like, yes. <laughs> so for the record, I don't road rage when I'm in my little <laughs> Nissan. Yeah, I road rage when I'm either in my big Denali or in my bigger pickup truck. Shannon um, was in the back. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> A guy tries to run you off the road. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work well. Um, but that being said, um, I don't. I don't think I would even. Well, I, it's yeah. I know it's no thinking about it. I know that I would not be anything without the woman I have behind me. Uh-huh. Um, this gal has literally been a rock for thirty something years. That I I'm I'm in this little John boat that's out in this raging sea, and I go I go out and I get tossed around and I come home and I bang into the bank and she puts me back on the shore and fixes everything and then I go out again and we we go around and around all the time. She's my rock and I ain't gonna throw her away. I don't know if you ever heard that song. Oh yeah, 
Yep. Nope. Nothing from Kyle. That'd be, that'd be a no. Look at there. I gave him the perfect. You give him a setup, and he missed it. Don't know it. Um. <laughs> but but the whole thing is George Jones. Um, look it up. Yep. George Jones killer song. Um. Dang, now I can't get the song out of my head. We'll get um, him to sing it next time <laughs> yeah, on the podcast. Yeah. But but uh I mean, yeah, she I've I've been in and out of construction. So I've I've owned my own businesses for thirty two years. Um that was the hardest thing about going to work for a rent to own company was just the fact of going to work for anybody. Like mm-hmm. and I told Dave that I said, I don't know, I don't play well with others because I'm used to running the show. I'm used to doing my thing. The one thing that's given me advantage a little bit is I can see where he's coming from sometimes um, because I kind of feel like I used to fight that with my sales team and stuff. Not so much the manufacturers and haulers. I didn't give them any opportunity. They just had to do what I wanted. But the sales guys, we would bump heads a little bit. And at the end of the day, it's my money. It's my decision. And mm-hmm. that's what I had, you know, they had to live with or, you know, find something else. But, with with back to my wife before I get sidetracked. So I had construction businesses, I had trucking businesses. I've I've had my own trucking business for years that would be on, off, on, off, build sheds in there, did a bunch of other stuff, went ice road trucking. I mean, who gets to do that? Yeah. Um, all this other stuff. You know, I was there when I went ice road trucking, I was gone for uh almost three months. Oh wow. And she never faltered, she never failed. It was, it's, I'm telling you, man, it's crazy, the woman that I have behind me. I think, so, there's a shout out to Hun. <laughs> I, I, I think it's amazing. I think we can, we can, all, a lot of, a lot of guys can probably identify with exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you she know. does, she does carry a big stick though. Don't let her fool you. She'll take some knees Still, out. still waters run deep and walk softly and carry a big stick. <laughs> if you look those up there, her picture's there. I've, I've got some knots to prove it. Dude, I had a nightmare last night. Facebook Marketplace went down. I couldn't sell anything. It was crazy. It's like the brick and mortar days? Dude, yes. Like, I had to wait for people to just come in. I couldn't. There wasn't anything I could do. When did you have this dream? Last night. I had a dream last night, too. Really? Imagine this. Metropolis, Illinois, 2021. My cousin Eddie comes running in through the door. He's like, we got a hot one on the line. I think they're looking for a 10 by 16 utility, but they can't find inventory anywhere. What'd you do? They don't know where to go. Well, luckily for me, I can go to shedsforsale.com. Go where? Shedsforsale.com. What is that? It's like a online marketplace where you can list all your inventory. Seriously? Yeah. It's like Facebook, basically Facebook Absolutely. marketplace. Yeah. You just take pictures and post it on there. Dealers, manufacturers, all alike. They can look they can just list their inventory on there. What's it called again? Shedsforsale.com. 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 So shedsforsale.com. Shedsforsale.com. Awesome. So <laughs> So one of one of my um I don't know if favorite stories about you or not, but um I don't know if I'd call it a favorite. But we were in Pensacola. Or no, Sarasota, sorry, Sarasota. And we went down to uh, Pinecraft. It's first time down there. <laughs> and me and you and Dave actually were riding in a car together. And I asked how you say hello <laughs> in Pennsylvania. 
Dutch. You're going to throw Dave right under the oh, bus. Oh, yeah, throwing Dave and you under the bus. Oh, no, you're not throwing me under the bus. I could care less. <laughs> and at the exact same time. Oh, hold on. You asked how do you say hello in Pennsylvania yes, Dutch, yes, right? Yeah. And in unison. Yeah, you guys said Shaney Bay. That's right. Shaney Bay. It just sounds like hello, good morning or something. So when you walk up to somebody, yeah, a woman, anybody, that's what you guys told me. Tell her, go tell her Shaney Bay. That actually means what? I don't know what it means. <laughs> nice legs. <laughs> that's right. And they look at you really funny. And you get smacked. <laughs> uh, that's you know what. Somewhere when somebody listens to this, they're going to run off the road laughing over that uh. because, because there's 3,000 haulers out there that know exactly what we're talking about. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. they're going to be and, – and the rest of them are going to be like Basta Hamelschwans. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. That's the, the one that the Boston Jason – Boss. Boston, <laughs> Boston Red Sox. Boss. <laughs> Basta Hamelschwans. That's the one that we always post on the hauler page, and everybody's like, all right, y'all got to quit speaking in tongues. What does that mean? And uh, Well, it's it's really dumb because when you say it in English, it doesn't make any sense, but Basta Hamelschwans means what the shirt tail. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. But it's like what the world or, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's an exclamation with like a question to what are you doing or what's going on, but – Jason or Mont, I don't know. Somebody brought that up on the page, and we chew it all the time. Um, well, to be honest with you, if you're if you're not if you're not on the shed hauler page, you should go haul sheds for a year just so you can be on there. <laughs> because well, that was the day I learned not to trust you or Dave. So <laughs> yeah, don't ever trust an old especially, Scott. especially when you go to a Dirt Dutchman restaurant. No, don't yeah, don't do that. <laughs> And they said it in unison. So yeah, it was the exact same so time. So it does. It's yeah. not even suspect. Where no. you're like one it's saying like, one, oh, one okay. saying the other. So like the whole way there, I'm like, okay, Shaney Bay, Shaney Bay, Shaney. Like trying to remember the the yeah. word in yeah. my head to say hello. <laughs> the funny thing about it is, we said it in unison, but we said it in two different dialects. Like Dave's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I don't know where my Pennsylvania Dutch comes from. It's it's more of a Midwest. Um, probably part Virginia, part Missouri, and part Kentucky, because that's where I was living when we spoke it. But it does not sound like Dave's whatsoever. But I heard him echoing it at the same time I said it, and I knew what he was saying, but it, it was definitely said in a different Yeah, I mean, there was no text. crack of a no, uh-uh. smile. Yeah. Nope, nothing. It was just like in unison. Yeah, boss to him. Shane, well, no, Shane I got it. And I'm oh. like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Facebook is definitely lacking on their translation of Pennsylvania Dutch. Oh, I laugh sometimes so hard. <laughs> I'll click on the little translate button. And I'm like, what is this? I mean, they have no idea what's being said. One of these days I'm going to learn it. So, yeah, good luck. I'm all, I'm I, 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 saw, I saw recently, like I guess an ad come across my phone that said, want to learn Pennsylvania Dutch. I was like, I'm not falling for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, That's awesome. it's Sam and Dave teaching the course. <laughs> <laughs> teaching all these yeah, terrible. All There's the no telling things. what I'll be saying to me. Uh, how do I even know? <laughs> yeah. That's, That's not that's what I said. Stuff. So, yeah, man, definitely love all that. I I identify backtracking a little bit with what you're saying about rent tone. I mean, I've I've had my my share of like, oh, this and that. And, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've had the the fortune to be able to see some of the other sides of it. And to be able to lead with uh, 
a vision and help others lead with a vision. That's the right thing. Some nuggets from Sam. What do you think? Um, we're we're in twenty twenty one, so we're still we're almost halfway through the year, I suppose. But wow, what do we you? Are. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What do you? Uh, where do you see the industry the rest of this year and and just moving forward in general? What What would you say is like Sam's Sam's advice here? Big uh, question. That's I a know. big question. Yeah, that is. <laughs> So one more thing on rent dome before we leave that. Um, the other problem I had with rent dome, and this ties in a little bit with what we're talking about here. The other problem I had with rent dome was I did not believe in rent dome being a good option. Mm-hmm. Um, your interview with Richard Miller about that was huge. In in that fact that Richard talks about it personally, and Richard's really good at that. Um, he does a wonderful job of getting people personally involved in something. And and that and his story about him getting into the rent dome side uh-huh. is I had actually wrote an article that's stored in my notes probably three months before about rent dome, is it of the devil or not? Yeah. And it's you would think that Richard wrote it based on his interview. It's that close to the exact same thing. And there are a lot of companies out there right now that still don't know this. And that's what I see in the next in the next year and a half, rent to own has to carry this industry. When you have a shed that goes from fifty five hundred dollars to eleven thousand dollars, you have a shed that goes from eighty eight hundred. So that was my twelve by twenty four. Uh, 12 by 24 shed, you know, I remember how bad I cringed the day we jacked that thing over five grand. I'm like, I'm going to lose my number one seller because I just went from, I mean, for five years, I sold that thing for 4,800 and some change. Uh And we didn't really care what kind of options you put in it. We still tried to keep it off that 5,000 mark. That was just a big deal. And when it went over that, you know, then it kind of cruised right all along and it stayed there at 55, 56, 57, depending on what options you put in it. A totally jacked up one, you know, was fifty nine ninety five. That's what we did. All the options you wanted in a 12 by 24, it didn't matter what you did. We kept it off of 6,000. Now that shed's 11,000. Wow. You take an $8,500 shed, where's it at? 15, 16? Who's, who's going to carry the difference in that money? Who's going to take the risk of carrying that shed? And in two years when the bubble pops, I'm not saying it's going to, but if it does, we're in a bubble. Everybody admits we're in a bubble. Nobody knows when it's going to pop. It could pop tomorrow if the feds decide to jack up interest rates. Nobody knows that. The thing that would help would be it would bring lumber back down, but who's going to be stuck holding a bag? The rent and company. They're going to have sheds that they paid premiums for that are all of a sudden going to be manufacturers are going to back right back off that price and they're going to start selling that shed for whatever they can sell it for again. They shouldn't. And I'll do everything I can to keep that from happening or at least do it gradually. But that's, that's what I see the focus that we, we have to start being proactive instead of reactive in the part that, you know, that we hear it everywhere we go. Yeah. You know, what's what's happening with lumber prices? What's going to uh-huh. happen with the – everybody is in the same boat. And I'm I'm a firm believer that when the sun's shining and there's pretty hay laying in the field, you get it up. So I'm not saying 
that you should be like pulling back or slowing down. If you're not selling right now, I want to come talk to you. If you're not building right now, I want to come talk to you because there's no reason whatsoever to not be building right now, to not be selling sheds and, and making the most of what you can right now. You know, somebody asked a question on the hauler page the other day. Why are there so many used trailers for sale right now? And, you know, he was probably looking at it from the point, are people going out of business or what's going on? No, these trailers are bringing premium money. There was a 2016 trailer sold on there in 30 minutes that sold for more than it costs brand new. So if you got an old trailer sitting around, clean the thing up a little bit and put it up on the page and sell it. Yeah, so um, supply and demand. The problem is if you're using that trailer, you got to buy another one. You got to buy another one. That's a whole different story. Those guys are all maxed out right now. And I there's no end in sight. But at the same time, so it's, there again, bring it back to your Christian life. You live every day like it's your last day on earth and plan like you're going to be here forever. So that's, yeah, what the rent-to-own companies have got to, I don't want to say step up to the plate, so to speak. Um, they already have. But it's, man, you got to stay in touch with your rent-to-own company every day. I mean, weekly, at least. What's going on? Where are we going? You know, what can you do to help us here? And then, most of all, you better remember what they did for you. Um, because it's, yeah, it's, one day it's going to change. Hopefully it'll be gradual to where we can all kind of live off of it. But so, there's there's no doubt to me that rent owns carrying the industry right now. So right now, though, you, you said something um, that, you know, all these trailer manufacturers are, are basically maxed out right now. I mean, some of them might take a year to get, you know, a new trailer, um, which is why the used ones are going for so much because you can't get a new one right now, you know, for for a while. But my question is, there's so many people building trailers, but yet everywhere I look, people are looking for drivers. Yeah, that's... How's that possible? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, well, you know, and here recently I'm hearing guys asking for sales guys. Um, that's starting to pop up more. Yeah. Um, man, that's that's a whole, that's whole, a another whole show. other show <laughs> because of, yeah, I, I don't know that I want to get started on where our country's at right now. Um, but that's where I would have to, That's that would be my answer, is the shortage in the workforce comes from what we're focused on as a nation right now. Um, I'm looking, I've, I've got a running ad for the last 18 months for diesel mechanics and, and just shop help, just somebody that wants to come push a broom around, keep tools put up, lend a hand to a mechanic or whatever. And it's okay. It doesn't pay 15 bucks an hour to start, but you could come and prove yourself and easy make over 15 bucks an hour. So that's still above what we're considering looking at as a country for minimum wage, which, by the way, is where the 600 bucks a week comes from. Yeah. What's 15 times 40? So it's, I don't know. Um, that There again, that's also back to the fact that um, 
pretty much any carpenter can be taught to build a barn over and over and over again. But you can't teach a hauler to deliver the same barn to the same person every day. It's it's just got its quirks. It's a little bit different. And, man, I, I, to think about starting in a hauling career right now would just about – I'd about go on unemployment. Shannon, you need to – Move to South Carolina and get Troy to be a shop hand. Yeah, there. no kidding. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's so it's it's um it's funny to see that like even my sixteen year old is like so he's trying to get into he wants to be tech technically like advanced and he he's just mm-hmm. gifted in ways that I that I'm not uh, very smart boy very very smart <laughs> and um you know he's he's not wanting to it's not that he won't go wash dishes. You know, it's like I told you before, my dad would tell me, you know, go dig a hole. Now, now go fill it back in, Oh yeah. you know, growing up just yep. to teach us that hard work was what you were going to have to do. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I learned that hard work only got me so far, sadly, you know, you had yep. to rely on other skills and I had to develop those. And, um, I coming from a, you know, a, a pretty poor background, I, I, I learned that. And mm-hmm. I always say like, I'm not stopping. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'll, I'll work till I die, but I'm always going to keep improving and bettering myself, whether it's my finances, you know, the more you get, maybe the more you can give away too. you mm-hmm. know, I, I have to think in, in outside of the box, but, um, yeah, like we pulled in last night and we saw 1650 an hour, you know, I think mm-hmm. I was probably making 17 bucks an hour in 2009, man, I mm-hmm. was living pretty good. Yeah. 17, 1750 an hour, but you're seeing that. And well, you know, if you were making 50,000 back then, 50,000 is not, that's not what it was in 2009 looking at it in 2021 like you know 50,000 feels like 25 you yeah, know I've, that's and you know I've heard as as a business owner and a guy that's always done my own taxes I do my own my you know well my wife does 90% of it I get the credit for it <laughs> but um you know we've always looked at inflation between what 2 and 4% Two percent's kind of the low side. Four percent's a little bit the high side. I've heard numbers in the high twenties for the mm-hmm. last year. Um, just inflation on the dollar, and it's like there's no way that can that can hold up to. You know, where's 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 poverty level at now? You know, back when I started my business, poverty level was like eleven thousand a year, uh-huh. and now it's somewhere in the thirties. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> I guess I'll just stay in poverty level and be level and be happy about it. Yeah. Um, and you know what? At the end of the day, I th- I think I can pretty much get a hundred percent of people to say, agree with me on this. But at the end of the day, for me, it's not about the money. Yeah. It's about the people. You take sure. care of the people, and the money takes care of itself. And if it doesn't, I've been there. I know how to start over. That's. I mean, that's something that we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's a, one of the benefits of growing up that way is yeah. you're not afraid yeah. of it. It doesn't scare you. I've been yeah. in the bottom of that dark, deep hole three times. I know what it's like down there. You said you did prison ministry. I didn't do it for 30 years. I did it for a small time. But one of my one of my favorite quotes from a guy that was like in recovery and did prison ministry was he was like, uh, everybody always warns you about, uh-oh, you'll go to prison. Uh-oh, you know, you'll go in there and you'll, you'll – you'll get in fights and you'll do all this and all this stuff will happen. He says, you know, what about the people that, you know, aren't afraid to go to prison? Cause he said, I was out doing stuff so reckless that I got to the point to where it didn't scare me. Prison mm-hmm. didn't scare me. Yep. So it, it wasn't the, 
deterrent that it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think being poor allows you to have at least a little bit of that edge on you and in your walk daily and say, I'm not afraid to go back to, to, yeah. to where I have yep. to, where I have to, I don't want to go back to that, but I'm not afraid to if, go back to that to make it, you know, if you don't, if, if you can, uh, if you can respect your past instead of being bitter towards it, uh-huh. um, learn, learn and remember the good stuff. Let the old garbage go. Um, I think that makes a big difference. Yep. You know, I, I, I beat on my culture pretty hard um, where I came from. But at the same time, there is so much of my culture that I still love and a lot of it that I miss. Yeah. That uh, I, th- I think where I got lucky on that, and I've said this for years, um, I didn't leave under good circumstances. Um, they never are. But I was able – I'm too lazy to be bitter. Like, I might be mad at you today, but tomorrow morning when I wake up, it takes too much energy to be mad at Man, you. Man, I heard that. Um, I, it's, it just it takes way too much effort. And at the end of the day, all you're, drink, all you're doing is drinking the poison that you bought for the other That's guy. Right. Um, so it's, it's never been worth it to me, you know. So, yeah, if I was mad at you yesterday, don't worry about it today because I'm not today anymore. Move on. Man, I couldn't agree with that statement it's, more. The energy that it takes to be mad, I can get mad. Yeah, and I yeah. and I and I like to be alone sometimes when I am mad. Yes, because I yeah. I really have a lot of thinking to do. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to take that past a day or two, or you know, the Bible says don't go to bed on your anger. I mean, always we have this thing where we say wait 24 hours whenever you're frustrated before you say anything. Yeah, sometimes it makes. I need it. to learn how to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes you don't make it there. No, I don't make it there at all. I blow up and I'm done and I go on. Yeah, but yes, that's true. But it's easy for me to come back and say, you know, if the door is open, hey, I'm sorry, you know, for what what I did. Yeah. But you know, let's move on because it takes way too much energy for me to continue to hold that. I can't, I can't remember all of it. I can't remember I'm mad at you because <laughs> I don't want to be I mad at anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, you know, so it's like, well, then it, there's that awkwardness where you're like, gosh, does does, does this guy still upset or something? But yeah. Uh, I, I love it. See, this is therapy right now. We're not, <laughs> we're no, not doing a podcast, a podcast about sheds anymore. anymore. No, we'll just have a little church up in here. <laughs> hey, nothing, nothing wrong with that. No. So, if this episode's not Shaney Bay Sam Byler <laughs> title, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know how to spell it. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. Definitely. No, we don't need a, we don't need one of them fancy titles about beards, bald heads, and bellies. <laughs> no, it's just going to be nice legs. So nice, legs. nice legs. Sam Byler. Uh, nice they'll legs. be like, what in the world? <laughs> nice legs, Sam Byler. Oh yeah. goodness. Well, that's, that's true. Can't give it away. Certainly been a lot of fun. I enjoy talking to the two of you tremendously. Like going down the road, running cars off the road, whatever it is we're doing, yeah. I I enjoy it. Um, so I, sh- I I need to put one more plug in there. I kind of threw a random story in about, uh, well, Kyle asked me for a story, and I gave him a trucking story that had nothing to do with shed hauling, about that cop that ran into that refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, there There's there's an important part of that story that I kind of left out that was. Um, That's when he started prison ministry because he got arrested and was thrown no, in prison no. for 30 years. I actually, <laughs> my prison ministry started when I was like 12 years old. Um, I got snuck in. I was supposed to be 16, 15, or 16. I don't remember. 
and or at least that's what they told me and they had me believing i don't i've always wondered if it actually was true that they did sneak me in or if they pulled something over on me um but anyway that that refrigerator story you know if that cop wouldn't have hit that refrigerator my buddy's truck would have hit that refrigerator that's kind of an interesting take on that every story has a good point you just got to find it the, the reason you have larger than life stories is the nonchalantness about them is that you might be the only 12 year old to ever be snuck into a prison that's that I've ever <laughs> met in my life, but you say it and it's, it's just matter of fact, it, well, it was, and it's you know, like, what, well, I began. let's go back and revisit where you got snuck into prison at 12 <laughs> Nashville, <years old. laughs> Nashville, Tennessee. I began my prison ministry when I was, uh, two years old, they snuck me in. <laughs> As a baby. It's so matter of fact that you're just like, oh, he's telling the truth. Okay, let's go with this, Art. You know, keep going. I was born in prison. <laughs> so the only reason I started prison ministry is because I wanted to play music. That's the only reason I started that. Just just so people don't think that I had some high and mighty vision of ministering to those in prison. I did find myself in there, and that's some of my best church services Oh yeah. Um, so my wife and I have led worship at multiple different churches for years and years and years. And I still venture to say my top five worship services were in prison, but that's, yeah, I started going to prison because I was in love with good music and we couldn't have it in church, but we could go to prison and have it. I'll give a, a shout out to our associate pastor and a good childhood friend of mine when I was growing up who's also the procurement coordinator for Graceland. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, he, I saw him walk the path, and that's what made me interested. That's how me and Kyle met was through, that's, through church that's because cool. I went to church because of my buddy that yeah. we used to, uh, you know, probably not walk a path so, so straight. But anyhow. Are you kidding? Um, you didn't start going to church because <laughs> of the nice big building and the good music <laughs> and the good preaching? Had something to do with the people, huh? Are you kidding? So, uh, yeah, he, but he, he was, I remember him preaching a message one time and he said two thirds of the new Testament Bible is written from prison. Yes. The apostle Paul. Yep. Very and that, he, that Hebrews 13, three hit me hard mm-hmm. and I'd worked in jail and I, I was pretty convinced seeing Southern Illinois, you're total opposite from Chicago. So there's quite a few prisons down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, everybody worked a prison job. That was how he was going to wow. make you live in good retirement, yep. good, you know, good money and, but it's uh, it could be rough work, and it's very stressful on mm-hmm. on on people. Yes. It's 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 really got a lot of stress that comes with it, and uh, I kind of felt like the path I was going until I met my wife at fifteen was either going to be in prison or have a job uh, opportunity mm-hmm. working at a prison, and and her dad did, and I, I wanted to go down that road, and I worked for a jail for a little bit, and my heart was just really hard toward toward people, you know. So yep. b- back then it was easy for me to just go in and and. Uh, I'll be tough or whatever. Yeah. But um, she, she, she offers that softer side that yeah. makes you start yeah. to see life a little bit different. Yep. And that's what, uh, that's why she's my best friend. So, so next time I come to Southern Illinois, we're uh-huh. going to take Kyle and just for old time's sake, we're going to go in one. Okay. Well, he's been. I've been to. He has been. Yeah. We've been. We've been to the jail in Paducah. Are you kidding yeah. me? We drove by one the other day, and he was trying to crawl out of the other side of the car. <laughs> no, I've I've gone in. I've actually preached at a at a prison. Very good. Yeah, and, and yeah. sang. Yep. Yeah, I I did the praise and worship also. 
So, <laughs> yes, they they cheered when I was done, but I think it was because they were happy that I was done. It I was over. That joke. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Praise Lord. <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's being modest. He's a great praise and worship leader, and uh, yeah, I mean, this has been really like a whole lot of fun. Like it's cool to talk about these things that you you these would be conversations that you wouldn't necessarily get on a microphone and always talk about. No, this might be stuff that you just kind of yeah. talk about going down the road. Um, yeah, I mean, shout outs to 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 definitely all the people that's helped even make our journey possible and uh we got two episodes of sam byler we, yeah. we, we, yeah, were, we rattled along so long we'll have to split it into we two weren't even thinking we were going to get one <laughs> and we, we got, got two. two we tricked him well i knew uh, once he got in front of the mic uh, yeah you one, knew he was born for this one for each shaney bane <laughs> oh am i saying this right what Close am i saying enough shaney bay yeah shaney bay shaney bay shaney bay of course, Dave says it different. So yeah, the the dialect is yep. like the dialect is, yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Certainly appreciate knowing you and knowing you more, man. Uh, anything else you got to say? Anything um, else? Any any shout outs? I think we're good. If you started, you couldn't I could. Stop. I was gonna huh. say I could. I could. Yeah. There's. It's. We got plenty of good people in this industry. And we can all get better. Let's keep it going forward, man. Yep. Let's move it forward together. Thanks, Sam. Sam, Sam you want to pray over the, the haulers today and everyone? <clears throat> yeah, let's do it. God, we just thank you for this opportunity that we can just get together and talk about life and share different views, share different goals, um, different things of what we see in this industry. Um. There's a lot of good people in this industry, God, and you've blessed this industry. To see where this industry has come from and where it's going is just amazing. And uh, we thank you for that. We thank you for always giving us your protection, and especially over all of my haulers that are out there on the road, wherever they're at. God, I just pray your protection on them again. And for your blessings to us, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Today's episode was brought to you by SheddsForSale.com. SheddsForSale.com will be the shed industry's only comprehensive website for buying and selling sheds online. While social media such as Facebook Marketplace and standalone dealer websites have their place in this industry, SheddsForSale.com will be easier to use and provide higher local visibility for dealers and their associated manufacturers. Let the shed industry's strength in numbers drive traffic to your place of business through SheddsForSale.com. Sheds don't sell themselves, but SheddsForSale.com does. To sign up, visit the website SheddsForSale.com and watch for updates. To know more about SheddsForSale.com, ask a geek or stop by the Sheds for Sale booth at this year's Shed Expo. Welcome back to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast. This is Mo Lunsford of Union Grove Lumber. We would like to welcome you to the Union Grove Lumber Studios. Hey, we're this year's studio sponsor. And this is your host, Shannon Latham. Here at the Shed Geek Podcast, we give you education you can use and entertainment you need.